Thank you so much for joining us here at Grace Church's podcast. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. We hope this teaching makes a difference in your life. So we've been in a series um, talking about being restored, rebuilt, renewed, focusing on renewing, focusing on Sabbath, uh, talking about... um, uh, what the Lord has intended and what He wants to do, and um, I read a story a few years ago about a uh, 21. He was 28 years old at the time. He was a rescue diver in Lake Norman, North Carolina. He uh, worked with the fire department, and he was the he was the diver. He was a, a he was a volunteer uh, that had special training for diving, and and somebody had drowned, and so he it was his job to go down and to recover the body, and in the process of this. Uh, it, it, was, it was way down. In the process of this, he actually, the diver himself actually died. Um, and they, at first they thought it was equipment failure. They, wasn't, they weren't sure what happened. But as they began to do more research, they realized the autopsy revealed there was actually an embolism that had caused his death. That he realized he was running out of air. And as he ran out of air, he began to, to, to surface too quickly. And in this in the, in the, just in this panic state, and he bypassed the training of pausing at certain levels to give his body a chance to recondition itself. He passed it. He, 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 he didn't stop, and he didn't do that. And so air bubbles formed, blockage in his arteries, shutting off needed oxygen, and then death occurred. And this is what his father said. His father said, my son loved what he did. He loved helping people. He was passionate about what he loved. And, and the this, this story is so sad on so many levels. This young man was passionately trying to rescue someone else, but in the act of trying to help others, he himself became a victim. He didn't stop and take time to recover before he kept going. And one of the things that Sabbath lets us do, allows us to do, is it allows us to reset. It allows us, as we're in this world, this crazy world, um, uh, environments ar- around us that are, that are threatening that a place where we can come and, and we can reset. And we've talked about, talk, we've talked about um, creation. We've talked about what God did in creation, about how he set up a day of rest. We talked about how um, with Moses that um, it was established as one of the Ten Commandments that there would be a day of rest, that they were no longer slaves in Egypt. They had been set free of that. And because of their freedom, they were free to worship and, and part of our declaration when we Sabbath, which means rest, and we take this day of Sabbath, this day of rest, we're declaring that we're not slaves any longer, uh, that we're free in Jesus, that um, he has provided all that we need, and, and, and there's a rest that's provided in him. And, and we walk in that. We walk in that freedom. It's a sign uh, that we belong to the Lord, uh, that, that, that we are his. As I mentioned earlier, um, uh, the Sabbath is a place of the presence of God being with us and, and a very real and very strong and, and way. And when Moses said, Lord, unless your presence goes with us, I don't want to go. And that's where rest is truly found. And so as we talk about Sabbath rest, and I do have a, a slide for this, as we talk about Sabbath rest, I want, I want us to understand that it's both literal, but it's also an attitude. It's, it's literal and, and it's an attitude that there is a Sabbath day a literal Sabbath day, once every seven days, we should, 24 hours, we should stop. But there's a Sabbath day, but there's also a Sabbath heart. 
There's a Sabbath attitude. There's a place in the Lord of rest. And what the day of Sabbath is intended to be, is intended to be a foretaste, is intended to be a picture of that ultimate rest that God has provided for us. And what I was going to do, and you guys are getting off easy this morning, what I was going to do was going to talk about the second half of Hebrews chapter 3 and all of Hebrews chapter 4. And I don't know how I was going to do that. I am one who believes in miracles, but um, I'm not going to be so ambitious to, to do that. So that's your homework, okay? So your homework is to read the second half of, of Hebrews chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 6, and then read all of chapter 4. So can you guys agree to the homework? Can you guys, be, there will be a test. There will be a test next week. So that, that, that's your homework. But what... What Hebrews chapter 3 does is it recaps um, what happened in the wilderness. If, if, if you remember, if you are here last week, we talked about the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt and brought out of that slavery and manna was provided and the Sabbath was provided. And, but what ended up happening is that the, 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 the people of God, the Hebrews, uh, they did not end up, that, that first generation, for that 40 years, they did not move into the land that was promised. The Canaan land, the promised land, uh, this land of promise was intended to be a land of rest, a land of rest in the Lord. And because, and, and Hebrews chapter 3 tells us, because of their unbelief, because of their lack of trust in the Lord, they didn't move into all that God had intended for them. And the warning to us in Hebrews chapter 3 is that don't just think that we will automatically arrive there, that if, 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 if we allow our hearts to become hardened, if we allow ourselves to become deceived, we allow ourselves to become distracted, that we can get off track and we can actually miss what God has for us as well. And so he said, in, in, in fact, the writer of Hebrews quotes um, uh, uh, Psalm 95, which is a recount of what happened in the wilderness where their hearts became hardened, where they didn't have ears to hear. And so they, 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 they didn't have the ability, the spiritual hearing, to really hear and understand and believe the promises of God, that he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he will do. And, and they didn't trust him in that. Because they didn't trust him, when they came to the edge of that promised land, they didn't believe that God would be with them. They didn't believe that God would take care of them. They didn't believe that God was already there. And, 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 and so they missed out on what God had intended for them. And so as we come to, to now Hebrews um, chapter 4, it says, it says this, and I'm, I'm reading out of the message simply because it's, uh, not because it's the best translation, it's really not, it's a paraphrase, but, but I like the way it, it encapsulates this, this story. So I'm going to read, read out of the message, and I might switch the NIV a little bit too, but it, just, it says this, it says, for, for as long then as that promise of resting in him, and that's what we're talking about this morning, is resting in the Lord, this rest that he has provided, not just a Sabbath day, but a place in him where there is rest, a place in him where there is um, no longer striving, a place in him where we, we trust and we, and we believe. And, 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 I, and I tell you, I, I can't even tell you the number of times of people over the numbers of years that that I'll be sitting in a counseling appointment with them or praying with somebody and, and there's just so much angst in them because um, they just they have trouble believing 
that what Jesus has done for them is really sufficient, is really enough, that it really takes away all of their sin, that they are truly righteous before God, that it seems like there's something else I have to do. And part of the book of Hebrews, one of the main points is it's not Jesus and, it's Jesus. It's Jesus and what he has done for us and what he wants to do in us. And our response is to say, yes, Lord, and to believe and to respond to him in this. And so it says here, for as long then as that promise of resting, and that's, we have this promise of resting in him, as long as this pulls us on to God's goal for us, and we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We received the same promises as those in the wilderness, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. Have you guys ever used the epoxy that has like the two different ingredients? And uh, apart, they, they don't really do any good, but when you put them together, there's that chemical reaction that happens and it just sticks. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to get it on you, right? It just, it, but it does, it just sticks. That's, that's, that's what I see. These, the, we have the promises of God and then you have faith, a belief in, in him of who he is and what he says and that it's true. And when you get these two together, it's like that magic epoxy. And it starts smoking and it starts like it comes alive. It gets activated and it, and it, and it sticks. It works because that's how it's intended to be. It's the promises with the faith. If we believe though, if, if, we, if we believe though, we'll experience this state of resting. And that's, that's what the Lord has for us. But if not, if we don't have faith, but, but not if we don't have faith. Remember that God said, and this is the quote out of, out of, Psalm 95, which is also quoted in chapter 3 of Hebrews, they'll never get where they're going, never able to sit down and rest, speaking of, of, of those that have not fully moved into that yet. And that's not what the author of Hebrews wants for, for his readers or for us. And God made that vow, even though he had finished his part before the foundation of the world, that's where we've been talking about. That's what, remember two weeks ago, that, that's what he is talking about. And this, can I tell you that this right here, I know I tell you that I have a lot of favorite scriptures in the Bible, but like this may be my absolute favorite scripture in the Bible because this is what the writer says. He goes, somewhere it's written. I love that. You know why? Because when I remember something that's in the Bible that I, I don't have to remember chapter verse, right? Because they didn't have chapter verse, right? He couldn't say Genesis 2. There was no Genesis 2. It was just, it was that writing of Moses. So, Man, you guys are missing out on the goodness of this. You understand the freedom this brings? Do you guys get the freedom this brings? Because, because you'll think of a verse and the devil will tell you, well, you don't know where that is. So then you think you can't use it. You can, because I'm telling you, it's right here. Somewhere it's written. That's good enough, right? Somewhere it's written. God rested the seventh day, having completed his work. But in this other text, see, This writer, he doesn't know where either one of them are. And I love that because that's how I am. He didn't have Google, right? Where you could type in just part of the verse and it, you can, that's, that's a, that's helpful. I, it's just helpful. That's all I'm going to say. It's just helpful. You can just remember a few of the verses for you. The just, you can pull it up. But in this other text, I'll never be able to sit down and rest. That's part out of Psalm. So this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. Their disobedience was unbelief. 
not trusting, not believing, not taking God at his word that he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he said he would do. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. That the promise is new, it's fresh every day. You know what, that, that reminds me of Groundhog Day. You remember that movie with Bill Murray, Richard Dreyer? It was the same day over and over and over again. Do you know I met Bill Murray once? I did actually. Well, I mean, I didn't meet him, meet him. I was, we were in Colorado. We had gone on a, we were skiing in Steamboat Springs. And I was at a, I was at a clothes rack, you know, in the ski shop looking at just ski, ski stuff. And I look up and like, like from, just like on the other, this would be like the circular jack, a coat rack. I look up and like, like there's Bill Murray, like, like right there, like, man. Let me just say, he's uglier in person than he is on TV. He just is. I was like, whoa, that's Bill Murray. And then, you know what I found out? The next day, our, our daughter Maddie was a little bitty. She was in ski school with his son, and she, she, told, she stole his son's lunch. So I thought that was, that's what we picked him up. And you go, oh, today your daughter is awesome. She stole Bill Murray's kid's lunch. It was awesome. Yeah, the instructors loved that. But this reminds me of, of Groundhog Day, because God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. So today, today you have an opportunity to move into the rest that God has provided for you. Tomorrow, you have the opportunity to move into the rest that God has provided for you. Just as he did in David's psalm, centuries later than the original invitation, today, please listen, don't turn a deaf ear. And so this is still a live promise. It's still a promise it wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua, because Joshua, they entered into the land, but they didn't fully enter into the full rest that God had intended for them. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. It has, this promise hasn't expired. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for today, for the promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people. Some of you, some of your translations will say a Sabbath rest. And that word Sabbath rest right there is an actual different Greek word that's used for any, than any other word. It's this, it's like a compound word that the writer was, that was using that would help describe this. It's, it's Sabbath, but it's more than just Sabbath. It's the Sabbath rest. It, 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 it supersedes a day. It's a rest that we move into. The Sabbath rest is there for God's people because God himself is at rest. You remember we talked about the beginning of creation. There's no end to the seventh day. And so far as it never said it ended, God is at rest. At the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. So let's keep at it and eventually arrive at this place of rest, not dropping out through some sort of disobedience. Okay. So I have a chart that I want to show you guys that I think will help kind of wrap this, wrap this up together when we'll help you. So here we have, so look at past, present and future. So in the past, we have God's Sabbath rest. Uh, we have on the creation that he moved into this place of rest. And we see Cana, Israel's Canaan rest, where they, they moved in. They didn't fully move in all the way, but they did move into that land. And then we know that the principle of Sabbath was established. So we see that in the past. And if we look at our present, there's two different types of rest. Well, I would add three. Uh, there's a, a rest of the, just the, the 24-hour period of Sabbath, which is a foretaste of, of our salvation that we have in Jesus. It's a taste of that. It's a picture 
I mean, that's why Sabbath needs to be a day of celebration. That's why Sabbath needs to be a day of joy. You know, fasting's not really supposed to happen on Sabbath. Like, it's a day to eat, to party, to have fun, to celebrate, for there to be joy. Uh, and, and so, and, but, but in our present, there's this Sabbath that we move into. And it's a Sabbath of salvation rest that we have a rest in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The finished work of Jesus, the grace that he has provided for us, that there's not a striving, there's not a, I gotta, I, I gotta make it happen myself. I, I, I don't produce my own fruits of righteousness. Uh, my righteousness is like filthy rags. My righteousness is not gonna get me anywhere. I have to, tr- I have to rest. I have to, to be at a place of confident understanding of a rest of what Jesus has done for me for salvation. And then there is a rest of, of submission. A resting in the Lord, of walking with Him. And this ultimately leads us to rest in heaven. That, that Hebrews talks about, that we have this ultimate rest, this, this rest in, 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 in heaven that's, that we, we can't even fully comprehend, except we have little foretaste of it now. We have little we have little bits, little pieces of it. Now we have a, the Holy Spirit who's a deposit of what we know is to fully come in our hearts and our lives. And we get these moments, we get these moments of, of heaven, of, of like an incredible presence of the Lord in a worship center, in our, in our worship service, like, like a sunrise, like a sunset, like one of your babies or grandbabies laughing. Or, you know, you just get these moments of sweetness that you know are set in eternity. That are, that are greater than just right here and right now. And that's a taste of the Sabbath, of this ultimate rest that we'll experience. But this rest that we have in, Lord, in the Lord is this, this submission rest, if you will, just resting in Him. And I look at, at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, where Jesus said this. And I think this really summarizes this up, and we're going to wrap up with this verse this morning. This is what Jesus said. He said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that the kind of life we want in Jesus? This life, this life of rest. And, 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 and it happens through belief. It happens through understanding. It happens by belief, just taking the Lord at his word. And if you are to follow, and as you do your homework and read Hebrews 4, you'll see just two things that I think are just paramount. The next thing it looks at here is that it basically, we're told here, uh, verses 12 and 13, that it, it brings up the word of the Lord. In fact, in fact I'll, I'll read it. If you insist, I'll read it. Okay. God means what he says, and what he says goes. His powerful word is as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, or sharp as a two-edged sword, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open, laying us open to listen, obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. 
Part of entering into the rest of the Lord is, is our faith being built, and our faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord, that we truly hear the words the Lord is saying to us, and his word that he whispers to our heart, that he reveals to us. This, this, this word of the Lord, a believing the word of the Lord, allows us to move into it. And then, it says, now that we know we have Jesus, this great high priest, with ready access to God, let it not slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who's out of touch with the reality. He's been tempted in every way that we, he's been tested. He's proven himself faithful. And now he is our high priest interceding for us. So we can do this because we got Jesus and we have his word. And that's what gives us to believe that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. And then in, a little bit later too, it even talks about prayer. It talks about coming to his throne of grace of being in his presence. And this is how we, do I have it all figured out? No, but I've had taste of it. I've had some of it and I want so much more. And so part of the reason I've spent so much time talking about Sabbath is not just because I want to, it's not to boost church attendance, okay? I, think, I, I do think there, preachers have preached on Sabbath because they're trying to boost attendance. I promise you, I promise you that is zero motivation. Zero, none. Nada. Not at all. None of my motivation. My motivation has been for you to experience all that God has for you. It has nothing to do with church, honestly. It has to do with your relationship with Jesus. It has to do with you having these, this, this Sabbath, this time that is, that is a literal 24 hours, but yet it is a touch. It's a taste. It's an inkling of, of the Sabbath rest he has for us here now, and for eternity. And it makes us hungry. When you get started getting a taste of it, it makes you hungry for all that he has for us. And so that's, that's my motivation. That's, that, that's, that's my motivation. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com. Thank you for joining us, and we pray you have a blessed day.